Hello, community. If I could be anywhere in the world right now, it would be right here with you. And I want to start today by asking you to finish a sentence. Now, you might be joining us from one of our locations in the city or the suburbs of Chicago. You might be joining us via community online, in a 3C community, or through Community Freedom. But before I give you the sentence, I want to ask you to do me a favor. I want you to keep in mind how you finish the sentence for the rest of our time together. Because if you do, I believe the next 25 minutes can profoundly change your life. Now, you could finish the sentence several different ways. It might cause you to think about um, a specific relationship. It might cause you to think about your career, uh, perhaps a painful situation, or even a lifelong aspiration. But whichever direction your mind takes you, I want you to pay close attention to how you finish the sentence and then hold on to it, okay? Are you ready? All right, here's the sentence. Here's the sentence I want you to finish. If I knew I couldn't fail, I would complete that sentence. If I knew I couldn't fail, I would. Now, if you immediately thought, play the lottery, if I knew I couldn't fail, I'd play the lottery. That's very clever, nicely done. But if that's what you thought, I want you to bring to mind a second thought and hold on to that one. Okay? So when it comes, what comes to mind when you finish the sentence, if I knew I couldn't fail, I would. You got it? Now, if you're like most of us, almost immediately after you complete that sentence, there's a bunch of other thoughts that start flooding your mind. Thoughts like, ah, but I could never do that. It'll never happen. It's too risky. Or maybe like, this is a dumb exercise. Or only Dave thinks like this. Here's the truth. The truth is we all carry dreams. Many of them that God gave us. And we also realize there's no guarantee that when we pursue them, that we won't fail. But, but so many times, instead of courageously pursuing them and giving our dreams a chance, we just become paralyzed with fear and those dreams or aspirations just come to a grinding halt. But I want you to imagine what could happen if after completing that sentence, you were able to hear God say to you, God whisper, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Today, we're beginning a three-week series called Profiles in Courage. Now, during this series, we're digging into the Old Testament of the Bible to look at the lives of women and men who faced incredible challenges during uncertain times against incredible odds, yet somehow they were able to kind of find the courage that they needed. And we want to ask, what, what can we learn from their lives? How can they help us become more courageous today? And to start off, I want to profile two men. Two men who found courage when they heard God say, be strong and courageous. And because of that, they will be remembered for all of history. Their names are Joshua and Caleb. And I, I love this story so much. <laughs> In fact, so much, guess what I named my two sons? My two boys, Joshua and Caleb. And partly it's because I want my sons to have the same kind of courage as Joshua and Caleb. But I also want that for you too. So let's start with some important backstory. Joshua and Caleb, their people, had been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds and hundreds of years. 
God promised them that one day they would be free and have their own land. And because of that, they started calling it the, the promised land, the promised land. And they thought, if we knew we couldn't fail, we'd leave Egypt and pursue the promised land. And that's what they did. They escaped from their Egyptian oppressors and they freed themselves. But in freeing themselves from Egypt, they ended up in the wilderness. So like some of us, you have a dream of a, a promised land, where you want to go, what you would do if you knew you could and you wouldn't fail. And you can see it. But right now, it kind of feels like you're in a wilderness. So what happened next in the story? Well, God tells Moses, pick 12 leaders to send on a reconnaissance mission to scout out the land. Two of those 12 were Joshua and Caleb. So these 12 guys, they go, and they're gone for 40 long days. And people are wondering, what happened to them? Where do they go? When are they gonna come back? Well, finally, after 40 days, the 12 scouts come back, and the initial report they give is very good. In fact, here's what they say. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. And here is the fruit. And they, and they bring out these giant clusters of grapes. I mean, grapes so big that it took a couple of guys to carry them on a big pole. And Joshua and Caleb's people were from an agricultural society. And they'd never seen produce that big. And everyone was thinking, wow, look at that. This is the promised land for sure. But then the dream starts to die because of one little word spoken by 10 of the 12 scouts. You've heard this word. And I'd say, beware of this word. And here's the word. But. But. 10 of the 12 scouts continue the report and they say, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak. Anak was a famous, fierce giant, probably one of the descendants of Goliath, the giant who David fought back in the day. Now, now if you're picturing someone giant, I don't know, like, like Shaquille O'Neal, like Shaq, if you think it's Shaq, okay, you think giant, you're, you're thinking too small. Don't think Shaq, think more like Yao Ming, okay? Someone who even makes Shaq look small. Now, as you can imagine, just like that, no one's thinking about a land flowing with milk and honey. Now they're preoccupied with this three-letter word, but... And if we're honest, I think we're all familiar with the debilitating power of that three-letter word, aren't we? we? We've heard ourselves say it, and other people say it. Hey, that's a, that's, that's a great idea, but I, I can imagine a career like that, but sure, our relationship's important, but, 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 but. Now, to be fair, there were giants between them and what they wanted just like back in David's day, and just like for us today. I mean, biggie-sized, intimidating, they're seemingly impossible stuff that, that we're trying to overcome. So let me ask you, what are the giants in your life? Those biggie-sized circumstances right now, those giant worries, the, the seemingly impossible challenges between here and there, you see, it's the giants in our lives that get us stuck on our butts. See what I did there? But I want you to think about this. Think about how you completed that sentence. 
If I knew I couldn't fail, I would. But then think about how easy it is for us to follow that up with, but, but, not everyone got stuck on their butts. Two of the scouts, Joshua and Caleb, they took a different view. Here's what it says. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. Did you hear what Caleb said? We certainly can do it. Joshua and Caleb, they could see it. But the other 10 scouts still couldn't imagine it. It says the men who'd gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites this bad report about the land that they'd explored. Okay, before we move on, there's something I've got to warn you about. When courage is called for, negativity can get highly contagious. When courage is called for, negativity can get highly contagious. Look what happens. It says, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and they wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we died in Egypt or in the wilderness. You see, whenever someone decides to take on a giant, there will always, there will always be others who will complain. There will be people who revolt and begin to say to one another, like they did back then, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So what do Joshua and Caleb do in the middle of all this? Do they cave in to fear? Do they sit on their butts? No. No, they don't. But all the others, the other 10 and all that followed them, never found the courage they needed. And if you've ever heard about the Israelites wandering for 40 years in the wilderness, it all comes back to that moment, a moment of collective collapse of courage. Now, if we fast forward, after wandering the wilderness for 40 years, the Israelites again stand on the brink of the promised land. They can see it again. The giants are still there. The way ahead will be anything but easy. And only two who were back, who were in their 20s at the time of the, the collapse of courage, only two of them are still alive. Guess which two are still alive? Joshua and Caleb. But this is the moment. This is the moment. Joshua, who's now leading God's people, hears God speak these life-changing words to him. It's in Joshua 1.6. He hears God whisper to him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And with those words, Joshua, Caleb, and God's people found the courage they needed, the courage they once lacked, and they went in and possessed their promised land. Well, I think the question for us today is how can we find the courage to move forward against the giants in our own lives? And to answer that, I want to look more closely at exactly what God says to Joshua. Because here's what we're going to discover. What we're discover is that God doesn't just say, hey, be strong and courageous because I told you so. No, there's much more there. He actually gives us reasons to be courageous. In fact, he gives us three great reasons to have courage. And hear me, if you'll internalize these three reasons and put them into practice, it will give you courage. This is the stuff of courage. It will give you courage, and I guarantee it'll be life-changing. So first, notice this. God says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. 
We find courage when we focus on what God has promised. Remember, God wasn't sending them to the possible land or the potential land or the probable land. No, he was sending them to the promised land, a land he promised, God promised you will inherit it. Let's play with this a little bit. Let me ask you, have, have you ever been kind of just daydreaming about inheriting like $100 million from some long lost relative, like some rich uncle? We've probably all done some version of that. Now, here's the thing. If you knew for sure, though, that $100 million inheritance was coming your way, it would change the way you view your current circumstances, right? Of course it would. Well, you see, God says to his people there, focus on what I've promised you what is coming, and let that promise give you courage. And that's not just a back then kind of thing. It's also a right now for us kind of thing. God has promised us an inheritance too. In fact, listen to the words for the Apostle Paul that were written to me and you as Christ followers. It says this, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised, that he has purchased us to be his own people. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you're guaranteed an inheritance from God. There is a promise and there's also a promised land. And the promise is this, that he will give you his spirit. This is a promise. He promised to give you his spirit to live inside you and that by him living inside you, it will give you a courage because God's in there, okay? Jesus is in there that you do not have on your own. That's a big, more to come on that. The promised land is that one day this world will be filled with God's presence and goodness and grace and everything will be just like he dreamed, all right? Way better than $100 million and it's promised. So let me encourage you with this. Take your eyes off the giants right in front of you and focus on what God has promised. Then we'll be strong and courageous. So to find courage, first, we must focus on what God's promised. But God tells Joshua a second way to be strong and courageous. He says this, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. A second way we find courage is to obey God's commands, okay? To obey God's commands. I love that God says, don't turn to the right and don't turn to the left, especially for today. I mean, there's just a whole world of cable news and social media that's trying to get you to make all of your decisions based on what the right says, what they say is true, or based on what the left says and what the left says is true. Don't do it. He says, focus your thinking, focus your decision-making on my truth, because if you're living according to my truth, then you will have courage. When you're living congruent with God's word, then that'll give you courage to move forward. Think back to how you completed that sentence. If I knew I couldn't fail, I would. Is your answer congruent with what God says he wants for you in his word? For, for example, it, it's possible God wants your business to be wildly successful for, and for you to make lots of money. But it's not possible that God wants you to do it by robbing banks, <laughs> right? If you're single, you're single. It's possible that God wants you to meet someone awesome and be married. But it's not possible if that someone is already married. 
It might be possible that God wants you to become an NFL quarterback, but it's not possible that God wants you to play for the Green Bay Packers. Too far? (laughs) Too bad, all right? You get what I'm saying. God doesn't want you to be courageous about doing something that's not congruent with what's in his word. It's when we let God's word guide our lives and we make a decision according to his commands. I mean, then, I mean, hey, this is what God said to do. Then you move forward courageously. It's then we're strong and courageous. Now, there's one more reason that God gave Joshua and Caleb to be strong and courageous. He says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I love this. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So courage, where does it come from? It comes from focusing on God's promises, obeying God's commands, but also, and this is an everyday thing now, trusting God's presence. God promises he'll be with you wherever you go. I'm telling you, currently one of the most courageous people I know is a friend of mine who lives in the Ukraine named Yaroslav. Uh, I talked to him on Zoom yesterday and updated me on the situation. Yaroslav leads a college in Lviv uh, that trains over a thousand pastors. But over the last four months since the war began, they've also been using that college as a center to house two to 300 refugees every day. They feed mostly women and children who come there and then do their best to get them to safety to places like Poland and other European countries. His city is being bombed. He sent his own family to Norway for safety while he stayed behind to help. And I'll never forget, in one email he wrote to me, describing the circumstances, he said, Dave, I'm willing to die for this cause. He's one of the most courageous leaders I've ever been around. All right, where does that courage come from? He, he worships the same God who told Joshua, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And the same God that was with Joshua is the same God that is with Yaroslav. And listen, it's the same God who's with you and me. And so God's saying, no, be strong and courageous. I'm with you. And I'll tell you, just like you, I have areas in my life where I need courage. I'd say for the last two years, the two most consistent prayers I've offered to God, almost on a daily basis, is one is God give me wisdom in my leadership and God give me courage. I need it. And here's my hunch. My hunch is that you are not that much different than me. We've been talking about this as a team at Community. And your location staff team know you well and they know the places where you need courage. They know for you to finish the statement, if I knew I couldn't fail, I would. You need courage to do it. So I'm going to ask them to come to the front right now. And what I'm asking them to do is to lead you in a prayer. And hear me on this. This is not a prayer that kind of transitions to whatever is next. We're going to give this some time. And we're going to ask God to speak specifically to you. This is a prayer where we want want you to hear from God, either in your heart or your mind, in some, some fashion. Be strong and courageous. In fact, we're going to ask God to whisper to you in the face of those giants, 
Be strong and courageous. Okay, everyone, my name is Jenna, and I'm going to guide you guys through the next sort of five to eight minutes, so it's I get comfortable, and we're going to go through a bit of a guided prayer to um, lean into what we were just hearing about around courage and how we can tap into um, that holy courage that comes from outside of us that doesn't come from within. So what I'd love you guys to do is take a bit of a risk with me. This is going to be more of an embodied prayer, so I'm going to ask you to pray a little bit with your body. Do what's comfortable. Don't uh, do anything that feels totally out of your comfort zone, but stretch with me a little bit. So what I recommend is let's put both feet on the floor, kind of put pens, papers off of your lap, and what I want to do is lead us through three prayer postures that are going to help us explore the message that we just heard. Um, and while we do that, we'll have some music playing underneath. And the point is more for me to help you talk to God right now and to hear from God and to process that message in a way that takes it deeper. So what I want you guys to do first is put one hand out in front of you and take the other hand and put it on your heart. I want you to take a really deep breath in and a deep breath out and try to feel your heartbeat. And the prayer is this, Lord, if I couldn't feel, what would you have me do? I want you to connect the hand on your heart. What is the holy desire that God has placed in you? And the hand that is open, I want you to be able to receive it from God, to hear it from him. And this might be something you've heard for a long time. You've been hearing it for years. This is a holy desire, something you would love to do, something God has been calling you to do. Maybe it's something you don't know yet. And so I'm going to give you some quiet, some stillness in this posture just to hear. Lord, if I couldn't feel, what would you have me do? The second posture I want to lead you guys into is to close the fist that you have in front of you and to take the hand that you have on your chest and close it. So hands in tension. And I want you to do uh, something we, I used to do in therapy all the time. This is a CBT method idea and it's called an anxiety flood. And it's basically for one whole minute, for 60 seconds, I want you to think of all the things that could go wrong. Just like we heard the buts. But what about this? But what about that? But what if this happens? But if I did feel it would look like this, it could feel like this. Here's all of the thoughts. And instead of trying to push all that anxiety away, we're going to close it <laughs> in our fists. And I want you to feel tension as you grab for, for this. And I want you to just, for the next 60 seconds, invite the worry, invite the anxiety, and think of all the things that hold you back from acting on that holy desire. So close your eyes with me. Lord, in your presence, 
we think through all the buts, all of the fears and the worries, all of the things that stand in our way, the things that steal our courage. Lord, if I couldn't feel, you would have me do this, but. Lord, we know you are a practical God. You hear the worry. You hear the things that we are fearful of, Lord. You know what we are clinging to, the obstacles in our way. I want to invite you into a third prayer posture, and it's just to open your hands. Feel some of the release of that and hold them in a prayer of receiving. And this final prayer I want to lead you guys through is a prayer to receive courage. The courage we're talking about that these Bible heroes and heroines have, it didn't come from within. It was a courage received, a courage that came from outside of them, a courage found in the promises of God and in the presence of God. So I want you to receive those promises and in this moment just receive the presence of God. Jesus, if I couldn't fail, you would have me do this. But I can think of a hundred reasons why this will never happen or that I cannot do it. Yet, I will open my hands and my heart and receive from you, Lord, the courage, the promise, and your presence to do this. And as you sit with that open posture, I want to read over you some of the promises that God has given us in his word about his presence and about what he is going to give to us as his people. You have been chosen. God is with you. Nothing can separate you from God. We have been chosen. God is with us. Nothing, no but, can separate you from God. Be strong and courageous. The strength of Christ and the courage of Christ, may you receive it. And I want you to just close by sealing this prayer with your heart, hands on heart. And the point of this prayer is not to say, go do it now, it's easy, but to say, thank you, Lord. Take me one step closer in faith and in courage. 
We're going to seal this prayer with amen. And all God's people said, amen.